this yeah. morning. <laughs> but Augie, I would, that's kind of cool. It, just, it reminds me of Augie Doggy. remember? I have no idea who that is. Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Huh. Daddy Doggy and Augie Doggy, is that what it was? Doggy Daddy and Augie Doggy, yeah. I wasn't a big Hanna-Barbera fan. Yeah, that one was cute, though, because it was just this little puppy that adored his dad, and his dad yeah. adored his son. It's like, oh, that's what my relationship with my dad should be. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> good morning, everybody. Happy Halloween. Hope you're having a great day today, and you'll have a good one this evening. And uh, we have a couple of announcements. We have a knitting group coming up, I think. Uh, if we could, yeah, knitting group, small group. What, I can't quite read that. When is that? Now you have to go back. Oh, good. Saturday, next Saturday? The 13th. Okay. So two weeks. Here, I can go like that. Oh, the 13th, one to three. Yes. And crocheting. And, you know, I suppose if you wanted to do other crafts, you can come for that too. And um, it's great fun. Yeah. Next. What's the next one? Ladies' night on the 6th at 6.30. That'll be a great evening to remind yourself of how much you are worth. Um, any other announcements, or is that it? That's it? Wow. I think, what, in two weeks is, uh, um, yep, it it's sure is. It's the change in time thing. No, it's next weekend. Is it next weekend? It's next weekend. Yeah, it's the first wow. Sunday in November each year. That depressing day. It is. Yep. It's World one of our started. least favorite days. Yep. Followed only by December 21st, the shortest day yeah, of the right. year. Yeah. 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 After that, it gets better. It does. Every day after the 21st is better because it gets a little lighter. Unless we get to February and there's a nice storm and I lose power. <laughs> I keep forgetting that was this year. <laughs> when you start to think about how many things have happened in the last 24 months, <laughs> it gets a little, wow, which brings us right into the sermon um, he thinks. Yes, because I'm trying to move things along. Um, I just want to encourage, we're going to continue on in Revelation. And here's the point I want is, is this, right, Romans 8.31 is the point of the sermon. If God is for us, who can be against us? And God is very much for you. It's, the, it's one of the big points of the entire Revelation is God's got you. He's for you. And I know you're struggling, and then sometimes it's the little stuff. It's whether it's whether it's physical pain or it's relationship issues or it's financial, whatever those. I mean, there's so many little things, and sometimes big things that stress us out and worry us, and they're just difficult. God is for you and in you and 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 with you during the middle of all of that. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, is how the great I am is with you, and is is giving you grace. And peace to get through all this. So let's pray. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for, for the people who, who serve every single day to make this possible. Um, we pray for the people here uh, in, in person, the people who are, uh, th those of them who, who are online, that they would be blessed from this service, that they would hear your voice in it, that we would be uh, vessels to bring glory to you as we sing, as we worship, as we take communion as we remember and we hear again the goodness, um, the power, the, the, uh, the presence of you in our lives and for us. We praise you and thank you for this. Lord, just to tag on. Hmm. 
sometimes it feels that there's all these forces that just are trying to convince us that we shouldn't move forward, that we should just find a place, a shelter, and hide. And thank you for encouraging us to come out and to know that you ha have our backs, that regardless of all these other things, that you support and love us and continue to shower us with your blessings. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this song. Not just because we sing it to you, but it's a reminder of all these things that press us down and that they are not stronger than you. That you continue through songs like this to reinforce that you are in control and you will pull us out of this darkness and that there's ultimately this immeasurable gift waiting for us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for this moment. Thank you for the privilege of speaking before your people. And I ask, Father, that you would help me to communicate, that you would make up for my faults and my failings, that through me you'd bless your people as we seek to glorify you, as I seek to glorify you and explain your word to them. Help me to do that. Help us have hearts to hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, one of the, the problems of, of, of seeing the book of Revelation as, as just about the end times and that it's for some other people, it's some of the, just this fantastic, crazy times in the world's history, and, and not seeing it as about today, is you miss the blessing that's, that's there. We forget that it's a letter, that there's a pastoral concern. This is John, this is our great pastor, Jesus, wanting to talk to his, his people, his children, to encourage them, then and now. This, this, this book is not just for the, you know, when someday when the Antichrist is in, in power or all these crazy things are happening. It's for, the, it's for today. It's for when life is hard now. And that's what this, this opening thing is trying to tell you, is as we said here, is that, that the immeasurable power towards us who believe. That what shall we say to these things? But they, that, that, oh, whoa, 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 back up. There we go. That if God is for you, who can be against you? And, and whether that, that, that thing that's against you is, is a boss who's mean and is a jerk, whether it's, you know, it's, it, it's the fact that your, your back is killing you or, or a relationship issue or maybe it's just the pressure of being a parent 
or our grandparents. It's like life is hard, and God is aware of that. He's here for you. And that's the point I wanted you to hear from this, is grace and peace from the God who is with you and is for you. It's, it's, it's what I pray is what, it, what, what Paul prayed in Ephesians 1. I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. That you would understand that power. That the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and seated him at the highest place of honor and the right hand of the heavenly realms, that that power is at work in you today and forever. That's the point. Now, our, our passage is Revelations, Revelation is from John to the seven churches in, Asia, in the province of Asia Minor. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, from the sevenfold spirit before the throne, and from Jesus Christ. He is the faithful witness to these things. He is the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all the kings of the, of the world. All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. Now that last phrase we're, we're going to talk about next week, but this week is grace and peace from the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Those are the three. And it's grace and peace to the afflicted. To the seven churches of Asia Minor. It's a real place, real people. Just like you and me. I mean, there, there's, there's, there's lots of churches in Asia at that moment, um, but John's favorite number is seven. And we're going to see that over and over and over. And as I mentioned last week, the, word, the, the number seven, in a biblical sense, has to do with fullness, the complete grouping of it all. And you can think about that just going back to, to, to creation, the seven days of creation. It's finished. It's all of it's done. That's what the word seven. And it's not just there that it's used. It's used in the, in the festivals. It's used, think about Jericho. How many times did they go around Jericho? Seven times, because it was done. There are sacrifices that have to be done seven times. This is not just in the book of Revelation that this number seven comes up. It comes up all over the place, and it just has to do with the idea of the completed fullness of something. And in this case, it's the seven churches. He's talking about the church as a whole. That these seven churches that we're going to look at in chapter 2 represent all, all Christians. We fall in one of those seven groups. But at the same time, they're real people. Struggling with real things. Some of it's just compromise. Some of it's being persecuted. Some of it's um, economic issues. Some of it's just having relationship problems, all of these things are happening and they're being crushed by them and God wants to give them grace and he wants to give them peace because that's what they need. The ability to get through it and the sense of tranquility that it's going to be okay. This is a letter to the seven churches of the Asia Minor province. And what you want to hear in this is things like, this is, 
from John 6. This is the will of God. This is Jesus speaking. That, none, that I, Jesus, should not lose even one of all those that the Father has given me. But I will raise him up. He's going he's gonna to raise you up. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up. I've got you. Or as he says in John 10, my sheep listen to my voice. Here, let me flip there. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. He knows you. They follow me, and I will give them eternal life. They will not perish. No one can take you out of Jesus' hand. For the Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone, so no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one, it continues. He's got you. Grace and peace from God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to see in this. It's grace and peace from the Trinity. Now, the Trinity is a confusing thing. It's, it's, it's this doctrine that tries to make sense of that the Bible says there's one God. Not two, not three, not many gods. There's one single God. And yet, at the same time, in various places in the Scripture, they speak of the Father being God and the Son being God, and, or that is Jesus, the Son, being God, and the Holy Spirit is spoken of God. And how do you explain that? And so... Um, church his, history talks about how they try to come up with a way of explaining that and articulating what the scripture says. And it's, it's that there's one God, there's the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Spirit is God, but the Father isn't the Son, and the Son isn't the Holy Spirit. They're, they're distinct. There's three distinct, and the word they used was persons, but there's one essence that is the eternal. They're equal in glory, they're equal in, a, in honor, but somehow there's three persons in one being, the Father. And does that make sense? No, not really, let's be honest. I mean, you can understand my words, but it doesn't make sense. That's okay. It's not supposed to, it doesn't make sense because we're, we're not God. <laughs> Try to explain three dimensions to a two-dimensional being. It doesn't make sense, right? God is meant to be bigger and greater than us. But this is the best we got. Even the, 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 the thing we taught in Sunday school of, you know, how water can be ice and it can be liquid, it can be steam, that's not really quite right either. Because one of the, one of the things we fall into is that there's, one being, but there's three forms of him. Well, that's not quite, you know, because water can't be ice and steam at the same time, but God is. It's confusing. Just know that all three are God, but there's one God, and this, all of this being is for you. That's the point. It's grace and peace, and as we'll see here, it's from each one of them. And they don't work, they never work alone the father never acts without the son the son never acts without the father and neither of them ever ever act on without the holy spirit as we can see here in creation in uh first corinthians yet there is but one god the father from who all things came and for whom we live okay and there is but one lord jesus christ through whom all things came whom we live the Father plans everything, 
The son does, carries it out, but he carries it out through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we go back to Genesis chapter 1, and we see this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God the Father, right? Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and then the next verse said, and God spoke. Jesus is the Word. All three are there at the very beginning, creating. And they're all three there, part of, part of our, our salvation, whom have been forechosen, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, by the work of the Holy, by, by the work of Jesus Christ, the sprinkling of his blood, grace and peace to you from the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Triune, all there together for you. Let's look at the Father. Grace and peace to you. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down, slow down. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come. This is the Father. The one who is, who was, and who is to come. It's, it's, it's a weird way of saying it. Why not just say the Father? Because he's, even at the very beginning, John is trying to not just simply give you a throwaway line of grace and peace. It's a standard one of the day, but he's trying to really give you something significant at the very start, that the Father is with you. It's, a, it's, it's an expression. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an, it's a fully filling out of, of this one that we heard in Genesis chapter 3 when Moses is taking the children out of Egypt and, and God calls him and he's out there at, this, at the burning bush. If you want to see a good thing, as I've said before, watch the prince of Egypt. It's a good story. It gives you pretty close to the, to the idea. But God is there and Moses is saying, who, who, do, who do I say is sending me to you? And God says, say that I am who I am. I am the present one. I am the one who is. God is always there. He's present with you. For him, time is not linear. We think of time as, as this like a string and we're marching along it. Right? You can't go back. I mean, because we think about if you think about time travel, what are we doing? And even if like in the Marvel movies, what are they doing? There's a line and you're going backwards and forwards on it. That's not how God sees time, I think. He sees it more like a picture. It's all now. It's, a, it's, it's, it's like a, a disc. And he can see he is present at the beginning. He's present at the end. He's present in every moment of every time. At the beginning is just as much now as it is now as it is in the end. He is always now. And he is now here with you he is the was meaning the one who started it all the um, omnipotent one the great almighty who doesn't change as one one um, jewish commentator said it was actually a relatively regular way of describing god he is the one who is and who always will be the same and who is coming. He is who he is. He's never going to change. You could trust him to be exactly who he says he is tomorrow because he's exactly who he was in eternity past. 
And finally, he is the coming one. He's the one who intervenes in history. He's the one who intervenes. It's not just that he is present. It's not just that he is all-powerful, but he actually comes and does something in history. He acts on, his pe- on behalf of his people. On your behalf. He's not the God who, sit, who created the world and then sits back and goes, well, this is interesting. No, he's very, very, very much involved in, in the details of life. And I understand sometimes we get a little uh, thinking about God's providence and we get a little uncomfortable thinking about the, the detail and, the, and, and the, the amount of effect he has on the daily lives of things that occur in our lives. And there's lots of ethical and moral con- considerations that it goes on, but, but appreciate the pastoral issue, the application of the fact of what it means if God is really actually in control of events. The God who loves you. Wouldn't you want to have a really powerful being on your side? Wouldn't you like to go to to bed at night knowing that he's actually at work in the details of what's happening in your life and then happening in the world? That things are not just random? It makes it for a very soft pillow. This is the one who's on our side. As you'll say in chapter 4, the one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones and ja- like jasper and carnelian. And the glow of his emerald circle, glow of an emerald encircled his throne like a rainbow. Twenty-four thrones surrounded him, and twenty-four elders sat on them, and they were all clothed in white and had golden crowns on their heads. And from the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings of thunder, and in front of the throne were the seven torches like burning flames, which is the sevenfold spirit of God. We're going to come back to that. And in front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass, sparkling like crystal, and in the center around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes in front and back power like unimaginable and he's seated because he doesn't need to put effort forth to help you it's as easy as can be to to deal with stuff in your life this is who is on your side this is the one as in isaiah 48 says, listen to me, listen to me, Jacob, Israel, Christians, believers, my children whom I've called. I am he. I am the first. I am the last. By my own hand, I laid the foundations of the earth. And by my right hand, I spread out the heavens. And when I summon them, they stand up. When I say, heavens, attention, they do it. Come together, all of you, and listen. Which of the idols foretold these things? The Lord's chosen ally will carry this purpose out against Babylon and his arms against the Babylonians. Even I have spoken. Yes, I have called him, and I will bring it, bring him, and I will succeed. What 
God has promised in chapter 21, 22, you're going to get there. Or as I started, he's got you in his hand. He's not going to let you go. Okay? Trust the Father to have you. Grace and peace from that one. The eternally present, intervening, all-powerful Father. Second, grace and peace from the Holy Spirit. Grace and peace from the Holy Spirit. And as we'll see, it's, it's, it's the one who is present in you at all times, empowering you. As he puts here, grace and peace to you from the seven spirits who are before the throne. Now, as I said a minute ago, we don't have a doctrine that says that there are, what, seven, eight, nine beings in the Trinity? No, there's three. So why is he saying seven spirits? Well, it's back to what I said a moment ago. This, this image of seven has to do with the fullness. And talking about here for a moment, here we come here to, to the sevenfold spirit of God in Revelation chapter 4, where there's these, these, these lamps and torches, and this is the sevenfold spirit of God. It's the fullness of all that the power of God and if I were to take the time, I could point to you, bring us to Zechariah chapter 4, which has that, that relatively well-known verse, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. He's quoting this. He's alluding to that whole passage in this. It's the idea of how is God's mission going to be accomplished by the fullness of the power of God, by the Holy Spirit indwelling his people. In you. Who is in you right now. And when you were also included in Christ, when you heard the message of truth, in other words, you're a believer, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked by the Holy Spirit. And he came in and he lives in you. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. You have God in you. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you are never, ever alone. You are never alone. Even when you think you're alone and you look, you see nothing, maybe you don't feel the Holy Spirit in you, but He's there. Giving you grace to get through the day. Giving you peace, reminding to you that you are loved by the Father, that you are, you are, you are in His hand, you're never going to be let go of. The Holy Spirit is in you. As it continues, he, he is the deposit of the guaranteeing your redemption. He guarantees it. Grace and peace from Him. Every believer has this. To give you the power to do what God wants you to do. As he says in Acts chapter, chapter 8, but, I, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. The, one of the big issues in the book of Revelation is being a witness for Jesus, standing up and saying, yes, I believe in Jesus. He actually is risen from the dead. He alone is God. You need the power to do that. It's hard. The Holy Spirit's job is to do that. Or we can read in Romans 8. 
And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, which is the Holy Spirit, is living in you, who raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will also give you life to your mortal bodies. He will raise you up as well. Or as he says in verse 15, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you fear. He doesn't want you to be afraid. Not afraid of, of COVID, not afraid of, of, of finances, not afraid of the government, not afraid of anything. Fear is just a lie. What do you have to fear other than being not, in the pre not on the right side with God? But the Holy Spirit wants to remind you that you're on the right side of God. That you have the peace with Him. Or as he says in verse 26, in the same way the Holy Spirit helps us with our weaknesses. Sometimes we don't know how to pray, but the Spirit is right there and going, I, I know you don't know how to articulate it, but I know your heart. I'll pray for you. You know, you know, do you understand that the Holy Spirit never left Jesus? Even as Jesus was dying on the cross, the Spirit was still with him. In the same way, until your very last moment, he's with you. Grace and peace from the Holy Spirit, empowering you, helping you. And finally, he's going to be applying the, Holy, the work of the Son, which we're going to talk about next week. But finally, grace and peace from the Son. From the Son of God. From the one who is... Well, let me read it. From Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth. Three, three names for Jesus. They all came out of Psalm 89. I've said before that, that, that much of the book of Revelation is just a quote or an allusion to the rest of the other places in Scripture. And this one's right out of Psalm 89. Just as the one about the Holy Spirit, it comes out of Zechariah 4. This one, and, and, and the one of the, about the Father is from Revelation, I mean, Exodus 3. This one is Psalm 89. But let's remember who Jesus is, as you will see in a, in a couple of verses. In the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed. I'm a little loud. Can you turn me down, please? Yeah, there we go. One... One, one like the Son of Man, clothed from the garment down to the feet, girdled with a chest and a golden band. His hair and his head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as it refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars out of the mouth, a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in the strength. This is the one we're talking about. And when we saw him, and I, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, but he said, don't be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I am, he, I am he who lives and who is dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys to death and Hades. This is who, you, this is who we're talking about. This is who is for you. This incredible, powerful being, the Son, who is always with you, who's for you. Grace and peace from this one. Now, Psalm 89, I said, is the one that this is quoting. 
one of these verses we can see in verse 30, 35. Let me just get a running start to it. I have sworn an oath to, to David in my holiness. I cannot lie. His dynasty will go for on forever. His kingdom will redu- endure as the sun. Now, let me pause here before we get to the next, next verse. Psalm 89 is a commentary, a divine interpretation or elaboration of a very, very important spot reference in the whole Bible, 2 Samuel chapter 7. It's just one of those you just should know. And 2 Samuel 7 is where God promises to King David that there will be a a descendant that's coming after him who have an eternal throne that will reign, that his son, his physical descendant will reign forever. And this is what this is talking about. And that verse, there's two other places in the Bible, you just need to know this, is a continuation of a long line of promises, including the significant one to Abraham in Genesis 12. The Abrahamic promise, where he says, where God promises from Abraham, all the nations will be blessed through one of your children, through your promised seed, which is a restatement of Genesis 3 which is where we fall, where the fall is, and then after that, God promises to Eve that someone is coming. Genesis 3, Genesis 12, 2 Samuel 7. These are three places you just should know. Why do we celebrate at Easter that Jesus is the son of David? Because this is the promise. And so this is what, this is what he's saying here. So his dynasty, going back to Psalm 89, his dynasty will go on forever. His kingdom will endure as the sun, it will be eternal as the moon. My fate will full witness in the sky. He's saying that, that just that the moon and the, and the sun will be as a witness, that just as, as they seem to endure forever and ever unchanging, so will the kingdom. And so when we come right back here to when we say that Jesus is the faithful witness, he's alluding to this. He's the one who faithfully witnessed about his father, and it cost him his life. It's, it's the faithful holiness that Jesus said, I am going to do what my father wants me to do. I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to share with my actions and with my words, this is what the father is like. He was the faithful witness. That's the first of the title. Here's this, And the second one is that he is Come back in here. Um, come back to this. Where is it? Okay. And from G- from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. Second, he is the firstborn from the dead. Firstborn has two meanings. Firstborn has two meanings. It can mean one. It can mean chronological. He's literally the first one that is born, but also it can mean this sense of first as in the priority. He's the first in line. It can be either. Now, on one hand, Jesus is eternal, and there is that sense that he is the one who come, has come before us, and so there's a, he, he, he's like a pioneer for us. We're going to talk about that in a moment, but he's also the first as in, if there's a first, there's also the sense of, well, there's going to be more, Right? If there's a first, there's a, usually a second. <laughs> He's the first one of this resurrected people. 
He's ushering in this new heavens and new earth. As it says, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, if only this life we have hope in Christ were to be pitied. If that's all we've got, but this hope isn't real, then it's, that's, we're pretty sad people. But instead, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. But since death came through a man, that is Adam, the resurrection of the dead comes through a single man as well. For as in Adam, everybody dies, but in Jesus Christ, we're going to be made alive. Each in his turn, Christ the first fruits. Then when he comes, all those who belong with him. He's our faithful witness. He's, he's also the one who rose first. And then finally, there's this sense that, he, that he's the first in priority. He's the ruler of the kings of the earth. As, it, as Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians, 1 Colossians 1, he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning. He is the first from among the dead in order that he might be top. First in the sense that he was our leader in, in that he started this whole resurrection business, but also he's the one that's in charge. He's, he's, he's the one who, who inherits everything. He's the ruler. And that's what we're seeing here in Psalm 89. If I go a couple of verses earlier, I will appoint my firstborn the most exalted of the kings of the earth. That's a now. When we look at back in, 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 in Revelation where he says, he is, the, he is my faithful witness, he is my firstborn, he is the ruler of the kings of the earth. It's the idea that God in Jesus has been invested with all authority. The world is set up with lots of people who are in charge. Whether it's a boss or it's a president, there's all kinds of thrones in the world. But above that throne sits the throne. He is the king. And when he says, this is what's going to happen, that's what happens. He is the firstborn. He is our faithful witness. He is the one that's in charge. And I know it feels like God is not in charge, doesn't it? But it's not a question of whether or not God is in charge. The question is, is there opposition? Yes. But one day, that opposition, that rebellion will be crushed. And this is what we're, we're, he's getting at with these three titles with Jesus. He's the faithful witness. He is the one who is the one who initiates, who's bringing our, us to a, a, a better place, the firstborn of the dead, and he is the one in charge. And all three of these, we are his followers. Do you see it? What was Jesus' life? He, he lived a life of going and telling the world about his father, doing good, expressing the gospel. And what did they do to him? They killed him. They persecuted him. But what, did, what was God's response? They re, God resurrected him. And then exalted him to the most high place. That is our pattern, dear Christian. You be a faithful witness. You die in faith because of that witness. 
And just as Jesus was raised, you will be raised and vindicated as being right and then exalted to reign with him. He is your pattern. This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus, is that you adopt that as your model of life. That's what, that's what a follower of Christ is. And it is both an exhortation, embrace that. Embrace being a faithful witness unto death, knowing and dying in hope and expectation that you will be resurrected and exalted and seated with Jesus. But also know, my dear believers, that this is for grace to you. This is to give you peace because it's not just an exhortation. It is also a prophecy over your life, saying that's your destiny. This is, this is, this is what's going to happen to you. This is, this, is what's, this is what you can expect to come for your life. This is, this is what he's foretelling your, your future. You will, you will go and you will live. If you will stand and follow my path, then you and be that faithful witness, yes, you're going to die. Yes, you're going to be persecuted. Yes, it's going to be challenging. But you will be raised like I am. You will be vindicated to be right. And you will be exalted. And you will reign with me. Grace and peace from your pioneer. The one who has set your destiny. Grace and peace from the present one. The father. The one who is coming. The one who intervenes in history. Who has all power and authority to to fix this world and is on your side. Grace and peace from the Holy Spirit that is in you, who's never leaving you, who's empowering you, helping you constantly at your side, never leaving you. And grace and peace from your promised Savior who, is res who has set your life forward, has promised and has set your destiny. So that when you come into this thing, as we come at the very end, how can it, what can we say to this? What can we say to all the crazy enough in our lives? But if God's with us, who can be against us? How, how, can we, how can we live in fear? How can we live in anxiety? Let's remember this. Grace and peace from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's got you. He always has. He always will. It's going to be okay. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, good, good Father, thank you so much that you have given us the spirit to live in us constantly. Thank you so much that you have loved us and you have freed us from our sins. Thank you that you are bigger than all of the mountains in our lives. We believe. Help our unbelief. Lift our, our eyes up to see that you are bigger than the big things in our lives. I pray for grace and peace for us you would give us the spirit of understanding that we would know the immeasurable power towards us who believe the same power that raised you Jesus up 
in your name we pray. Amen. Let's take a moment before we take the elements and just pray for yourself. Asking for peace, asking for grace. Lay it, lay and lay it, lay at his feet the things that are stressing you out. Things are frustrating you, the mountains in your life. And now take a moment and give him praise as you remember what this has done for you. That he has given you his very life. He has intervened in history. He has intervened in your life. And he has set your destiny. He has you. He will never let go. He will bring you home. Jesus, we thank you for your, your giving of your life for us. Father, thank you that you've sent Jesus and Holy Spirit, thank you that you live in us and empower us. The body and blood of Christ given for you. Father, I pray for your blessing on these people, people here, people who, who have served today, people who are, who are going to watch this now or in the future. Give them the grace they need. Help them open their eyes to see that you are for them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for coming to today. We'll see you next Sunday. God bless. Mm -hmm.